This is the Daily Perspective Podcast for Friday, the 11th day of December, 2020. Mark Congleton here, your sometimes humble host for about an hour of observation, insight, and absurdity. Hope your last 24 or 48 hours, I should say, has been a good stretch of time. Eh, I wasn't here yesterday, and I apologize for that. I was a bit under the weather. But uh, much better today. Let's see here. Um, I'm not distracted by stuff. I'm not, I'm, I don't have any technical challenges today. I'm just trying to think of a way to describe this to you. I, yesterday was just one of those days where uh, I had uh, practically no sleep the night before. I've been fighting with this uh, allergy stuff. I've been, I, basically, I just took a day off. <laughs> that's just what it amounted to because i felt miserable i just there was i i was just honestly i was just totally wiped yesterday morning uh it's one of those nights where i just the night before i just kept waking up and i and i don't know why i kept waking up um i couldn't get back to sleep i was having a lot of trouble sleeping um, my uh, my allergies are, are are kicking my butt and eh. so yesterday i felt miserable and i just decided not to sit and do something which requires more concentration than snoring. (laughs) That's basically what yesterday was. Although I did spend some time yesterday working on a project I've been wanting to work on for a while, but it was later. I I spent several hours um, replacing uh, the radio in the car because you may be thinking, wow, that's that's an easy way. What? (laughs) well yeah i don't know how long it's been since you've torn the dash of a motor vehicle apart but it's it's a lot more complicated than it used to be i remember when i was a kid and i would get all excited about getting a new stereo or putting that killer stereo system in my ride that uh it would be it would be a, a an adventure it would be a lot of fun usually i would share it with a friend or two we'd get together we'd hang out we'd talk about the best way to run the wiring and things like that which speakers we we'd bought and and the like and eh, no didn't do that this time it was uh it was a quick was supposedly a quick project uh, I bought a uh, bought a stereo to replace the the factory uh, the factory stereo in the Flex the Ford Flex which by the way the Ford Flex is a great vehicle uh, I understand why Ford stopped selling them because literally the Explorer was selling the Flex outselling the Flex ten to one literally 10 to 1 10 times more explorers sold in flexes and they said well we're going to stop making these built on the same frame same chassis same motors uh, it's just that the the body design and the interiors are different anyway the um i like the flex anyway it's it's had this uh ford sync system in it i uh, it's a it's a 2014 flex and that year I think was the last year for the sync system. I think, at any rate, they stopped they stopped that and and updated to something with Apple CarPlay, and um, uh, in the years following that, and since I'm an Apple guy, I'm a Mac guy, and I've got iPhones and the like, I wanted a CarPlay stereo. And finally, this year, Santa Claus was kind, and uh, I had enough to uh, enough aside that I could uh, order. A replacement so i got a little i got a actually i got a factory refurb and there's an interface kit you have to buy with it so it talks to your uh, your system in your car the right way 
And once I got done and got all the pieces put back together again yesterday and fired it all up, I've got, I've not only do I have every bit of control I used to have with the old system that came with the car, including every last, I can, I can set the temperature in the back seat from the car stereo, right? I, it's got all the controls, the seat heaters are the controls are all still there. Everything is still there. Uh, and I also have Apple CarPlay. And a little icon comes up on the uh, on the screen. You tap it, and you're looking at base. You're not looking at your phone screen. You're looking at a bunch of things that are on your phone, laid out on the screen on the stereo. So if I want to listen to podcasts, I just tap the podcast uh, icon and pick the one I want to listen to. If I want to go to something like TuneIn Radio or iHeartRadio and listen to a show I know is not on where I am, but I know it's on, I can find it that way. If I uh, want to read text messages while I'm at a traffic light, there they are. If I want to, I mean, it's all, it's all there. It's all on the screen. Even the, the phone, uh, the special things where you can uh, voice activate things by talking to Siri, you know, Siri, I have to whisper so my phone doesn't start going crazy, but you can use that. Uh, actually, one of the buttons on the steering wheel will activate that so you can ask questions. You can specifically ask for directions to a, a location and it'll bring it up for you. So basically what's happened is I've brought a six-year-old, oh, seven-year-old, oh, yeah, about a seven-year-old vehicle up to date So as far as that's concerned. And that makes me happy. So I spent several hours doing that. And, of course, the remainder of the day, uh, well, there wasn't a whole lot of the day for me left after that. But uh, scanning the news, looking for stories, finding things to relate to you as we wrap this week up. And there's so much stuff going on. Let me pull over to my uh, my list of uh, my list of my stack, my stack of stuff here, uh, and let's see what we can talk about today. I, as usual, I got a lot more stuff than I can get to, and I went ahead and shared yesterday's show notes with you, even though I didn't do the show yesterday. I still put the show notes out there because some of it's time sensitive, and and I want you to be able to have that material, that reference material, even though. I'm not going to be here. If I've, pre- if I've prepped for a day and I'm not going to be there that day, odds are I'm going to go ahead and drop the show notes. I just made that decision not long ago. I'm going to drop the show notes anyway because some of that stuff is, is time sensitive. Other things are not, and I'll roll those things over. So you may get show notes on a day I wasn't here and hear that story the following day. And that's why. Because it's not that time sensitive. But today, I mean, there's a lot of stuff about what's happening with this, with the court, the Supreme Court case that Texas has filed. And now it's like 18, like 18 states now support this, uh, this case. There's a lot about that. Um, we're going to get into a few things about that Texas lawsuit that the, the press, the, 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 uh, mainstream leftist progressive press is censoring out. They don't want you to know. We're going to talk about um, Hunter Biden a little bit. And uh, we're going to focus, we're going to talk about Georgia a little bit as well. And we'll see what else we can get into if we have time. Plus, I hope to have time to share something that made me laugh this morning. And uh, may do that right at the very end of the podcast. We'll, <laughs> if I don't screw things up and blow the time, I have some fun to share with you. Towards And it's, by the way, if you're if you're watching on Facebook Live this morning, back on Facebook Live. If you're watching on Facebook Live this morning, and you'll get to hear it live, but Facebook will clamp down on it. 
and will not allow it in the replay, the recorded version later in the day. Just so you know, just as an FYI, okay? <laughs> because it's a, it'll, it'll be a piece of copyrighted music and they'll lock down on it, but you have to hear it anyway. Okay. Um, let's see, where do we go first? I have about three and a half minutes. Do I have time to do that? No, I don't. No, I do not. So how about we go ahead and do what I thought was funny? Hi, this is Ray Stevens with a public service announcement. I just want to encourage everyone to go vote in this important upcoming election. But keep your eyes peeled and your feelers out for voter fraud. I had a personal experience in the last election, and I have a song here that'll tell you all about it. Grandpa was an Eagle Scout, a 33rd degree Mason, and he fought in the Second World War. Was a deacon down at the Baptist Church since 1964. Bought clothes for the homeless, toys for the orphans On top of giving his tithe Voted religiously, straight GOP Never missed an election in his life So it took us by surprise When we heard on the news last night Grandpa voted Democrat And our family ain't proud of that yeah, we thought it was a joke when the big news broke But the show enough counted his vote And now we're wondering how he cast it From inside his casket This show seems funny to me How they got his absentee Grandpa voted Democrat Now he'll never rest in peace From the way it sounds, they had a good turnout down at the Mount Olive Graveyard. Over 90% of the residents crossed over with their voter card. It's all over the news, and now they're arguing who's caught up in the voter fraud. And how a good man's name could be smeared this way while he's six feet under the sod. It sure took us by surprise He's been dead since 95 Grandpa voted Democrat And our family ain't proud of that Yeah, we thought it was a joke when the big news broke But the show enough counted his vote Now we're wondering how he cast it Down inside his casket It sure seems funny to me how they got his absentee Grandpa voted Democrat Now he'll never rest in peace This is one November I don't want to remember Grandpa voted Democrat Now he'll never rest in peace Ray Stevens, <laughs> Grandpa voted Democrat. I have listened to this song since I th I stumbled across this online earlier this morning, and I this is the the third time no, it's the fourth time I've listened to it, including 
dumping it into the computer to play back today. <laughs> and every time I laugh at it because it's so funny. Oh my gosh. And it's very pertinent because in Georgia, we're having a, uh, we're having a, a, a runoff election coming up. Early voting is starting and the Democrats have been pouring millions and millions and millions of dollars into the state of Georgia. There are people from California, from New York, from all over the country who are in liberal progressive strongholds who are funneling cash into the state of Georgia in order to buy this election and to to really to disenfranchise if I may if I may use a an inaccurately used term that the Democrats love they are working to disenfranchise honest American voters in the state of Georgia and disenfranchise their votes. They are doing everything they can to steal that particular election of those two senators for the Democrat Party. And when you look at what these two people believe, these two Democrats running in Georgia, what they stand for, what they believe, what they want to see happen in this country, when you look at that, you should be shocked you should be angry you should be motivated if you live in the state of georgia you should be motivated to get yourself your family your friends your co-workers your your fellow church members everybody you can get them to the polls and vote and make sure that the two republicans are voted into office now i understand that there are differences you may have with these two Republicans. I understand that they may not represent all of your values. I understand there are some questions about about them and about some of the things they've said or possibly done. I understand that. But let's look at the alternative. If these two Democrats get into office, it changes the balance in the Senate. It changes the balance in the Senate. And if, by some freak chance, Joe Biden actually manages to get into the White House, the House, the Senate, and the Oval Office will all be under communist control. We must fight this with every ounce of our being. We can laugh at Ray Stevens. But in Georgia, this is serious business. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. Friday, the 11th day of December 2020. You probably got up this morning and saw the news. The Time Magazine has pronounced Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as persons of the year. And my response to that is that there are a lot of people a lot of much more qualified people who've spent much of the past year locked up in their basements talking to other people on Zoom struggling to finish sentences and speaking gibberish a lot of the time they were all drunk after going quiet in the months before the election CNN is now actively reporting 
the federal investigation into the business dealings of Hunter Biden. According to TheBlaze.com, now that the election is over, the media reporting of Hunter Biden's business deals with foreign governments has entered a new phase. As federal prosecutors in Delaware, along with the IRS Criminal Investigation Agency and the FBI, have issued subpoenas and are seeking interviews in their investigation. Biden's finances are being scrutinized, as federal authorities want to know whether he or his associates, associates violated tax and money laundering laws in their business deals with China and other foreign countries. CNN reported that after it contacted Biden's attorney and the Joe Biden campaign for comment about the investigation, Hunter Biden released the following statement. <clears throat> I learned yesterday for the first time that the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware advised my legal counsel also yesterday that they are investigating my tax affairs. I take this matter very seriously, but I am confident that a professional and objective review of these matters will demonstrate that I handled my affairs legally and appropriately, including with the benefit of professional tax advisors. <laughs> Here's a little news shocker for you. Hunter Biden didn't write that. Okay. His attorneys wrote that. <laughs> and you know he's got some attorneys. He's got some millions of dollars to be paying some attorneys. But according to CNN, the scope of the investigation goes beyond Biden's taxes, covering business transactions involving individuals the FBI believes may have sparked counterintelligence concerns. Two sources that spoke to CNN indicated that Hunter Biden has been under investigation since at least 2018. CNN credited Sinclair Broadcast Group with reporting the existence of the FBI in, uh, criminal investigation on October 29th. CNN did not cover the federal investigation when it was reported just days before the 2020 U.S. presidential election. CNN also at the time ignored the smoking gun New York Post report about emails obtained from a laptop allegedly belonging to Hunter Biden showing Biden pursuing lasting and lucrative business ties with a Chinese energy company. A former business associate of the Biden family, Tony Bobulinski, uh, publicly corroborated the Post's reporting and implicated former Vice President Joe Biden's involvement in his son's business dealings. To the extent that CNN did cover the story in the weeks leading up to the election, the network sought to discredit the New York Post's reporting and alleged that the emails obtained from the laptop were part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Now, CNN reports that the FBI took possession of the laptop in 2019 and that it is, quote, unclear whether the laptop's contents are relevant to the ongoing federal probe and whether investigators can even use them, given potential chain of custody requirements for evidence. End quote. CNN's report makes a reference to a former Hunter Biden business associate who publicly made claims about potential wrongdoing, but does not mention Tony Bobulinski by name or report the claims he made about the Biden family, because of course they didn't. That would be damaging in an incredible way. Freelance writer Drew Holden noted on Twitter that a search for Bobulinski on CNN's website turns up no results. Others have criticized CNN's lack of coverage on the Hunter Biden story. Former acting director of national intelligence Richard Grinnell responded to CNN anchor Jake Tapper after Tapper shared the story, demanding to know if 
He was instructed not to report the Hunter Biden investigation when that story broke in October. Journalist Piers Morgan, a self-described liberal and former CNN employee, bashed his former employer in a blistering op-ed criticizing the mainstream media for its shameful dereliction of journalistic duty driven by the inherent liberal bias, noting that he publicly said so at the time, as a liberal myself, he says. Here's part of that. Predictably and equally shamefully, the media responded by then trying to censor me too. I was dropped from an appearance on Brian Stelter's CNN media show after going on Fox News and lambasting news organizations like my former CNN employers for refusing to follow up on the Post's Biden expose. They were happy to buy into Joe Biden's line that it was all a hoax driven by nefarious Russians to discredit him. Now, the same CNN is reporting that the federal investigation is examining multiple financial issues, including whether Hunter Biden and associates violated tax and money laundering laws in business dealings in foreign countries, principally China. <laughs> wow. Pierce Morgan continued, if I were appearing on Stelter's show this Sunday, I might ask him if he is still comfortable that CNN refused to pursue the Post's story before the election. And what would they have done if it had been about Donald Trump Jr. instead? As Morgan pointed out, CNN is not the only mainstream media outlet that initially ignored the Hunter Biden story, only to just now decide that a federal criminal investigation into the son of a major presidential candidate is, news, candidate is newsworthy. The Daily Beast covered CNN's report, noting that documents providing evidence of a federal investigation were made public in October, but went largely unnoticed. Hot airs, Ed Morrissey was quick to observe, that conservative media and right-of-center publications certainly took notice and widely covered the story, even as social media companies attempted to suppress the report. And the Biden campaign and the rest of the media claimed it was <laughs> Russian disinformation. Glenn Greenwald, formerly of The Intercept, published an article Thursday calling out various reporters and big tech promoting, uh, for promoting this claim without mentioning the FBI investigation into Biden before the election. Greenwald, uh, Greenwald wrote, That's the choice these media outlets made. They got the election outcome they wanted, but they and their reputations and legacy will have to live with this choice. I, here's the thing. They don't care about this choice. So living with this choice is not an issue, at least for them. They are true believers. They firmly believe they've done the right thing. They honestly believe they have done the right thing by protecting their candidate. They don't see it any other way, and you cannot convince them that it is morally, it, it is morally disgusting for them to protect one candidate over another when the American people need information to make a decision about which candidate serves as president. They don't see anything wrong with that. They firmly believe that it is their job to feed information to the public, which will make the outcome what they want it to be because they, and get this, don't, don't forget this. They see themselves as morally and intellectually superior to everyone else because they are progressives. They believe they're more intelligent, 
They have a better grip on everything. They understand better. They know how things work better. And because they are more intelligent and more connected and they know more than you, they are morally obligated to make decisions and feed you information which will guide you in the right direction. This is today's mainstream press. This is what we're dealing with here, folks. This is today's mainstream press. They share this same trait with progressive politicians. Everything I just described to you also applies to progressive leftist Democrat politicians. They also believe that they are intellectually superior. They know more. They understand more. And you don't know how these things work. And you should leave this up to them because they're the experts. And because they are the experts, they are morally obligated to make choices for you, which you would not make because you don't know any better than you do. Yes, they believe you're an idiot. Yes, they believe you are a sheep to be led and that they are your shepherd. This is what they believe. And that goes and grinds against the founding principles of our country. We don't elect people to make decisions before us because we're too dumb to understand. We elect people to go and represent our intellect and our morality on the national level. And we expect no less. It's the second half of the Daily Perspective Podcast for Friday, the 11th day of December, 2020. Just scrounging around in social media during the break and ran across a Just Facts Daily piece. And you know I love me some Just Facts Daily. I just posted it to the Daily Perspective Podcast Facebook page. And uh, I'm about to share it over to Twitter, Parler, MeWe. I'm going to put it everywhere. Uh, and I want you, please, 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 go grab this piece, get the link, save it, repost it before Facebook blocks it, because it is uh, essential facts about COVID-19, just facts about COVID-19. You need the facts, not the hype. You need the facts. We should not live in fear. Fear is the tool of the enemy. I'll just leave it at that. When you are walking in fear, you are easily manageable and you will trust others to do things to protect you unwisely. Do not live in fear. Go get the facts today. You need to know the facts. I'll be spreading this around a little bit more today. I've got it. I've got the link. I'm going to be in the in the next break. I will actually, I will actually be moving it along to Twitter and Parlor and MeWe, and uh, at some point I will actually put a post of about it up on the Daily Perspective Podcast dot com so that it sits somewhere besides social media, and I can go back and grab it and refer to it again 
and again and again as needed. Moving on from Newsmax.com, documents necessary to establish the chain of custody. Chain of custody is um, the security, the path of security in the electoral system. When you cast your vote, it is cast in confidence with the assurance that it will be secure, handled securely, managed securely, and honestly from the time you cast it until the time it's counted and all the data is stored. So there has to be a chain of custody which assures that votes are secure. Well, documents necessary to establish the chain of custody for more than 83% of the estimated 600 thousand Georgia absentee ballots placed in drop boxes by voters and subsequently delivered to local election officials still have not been produced by state or county officials. The Georgia Star News noted that the Georgia Election Code emergency rule mandates that every county is responsible for documenting the transfer of absentee ballots picked up at drop boxes. The digital newspaper had sent out an open records request for the ballot transfer forms to 77 of Georgia's 159 counties. Bartow, Cobb, Clark, and Cook counties provided the transfer forms. Four counties out of 77. And the Star News noted a preliminary review of the forms provided by Cobb County indicated there were problems documenting the chain of custody. The four counties had accounted for about 100,000 of the estimated 600,000 absentee ballots placed in drop boxes, about 16.6%. Ten counties told the newspaper they did not have drop boxes. Sixty counties did not respond to the, to the paper's request. Other counties were either investigating whether such records existed or told the paper they would make the information available at a later date. <laughs> Translation, after this is all over and you can't do anything about it. The newspaper said it appears that state officials do not plan to take any actions to avoid a repeat of chain of custody questions for absentee ballots placed in drop boxes ahead of the January 5th Senate runoffs. Georgia is one of four states being sued by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. The suit, filed with the U.S. Supreme Court, claims the states exploited the pandemic to justify ignoring election laws. And that indeed has happened. And we knew it was going to happen as the election drew close. Actually, we many of us suspected, those of us who've been paying attention, suspected that the left would use the pandemic in some way to manipulate the election. And they did. In fact, we've had the reports where observers, poll watchers, GOP members in place, observing, making sure that things were doing, being done properly, questioning things that they saw that were odd. We've seen report after report after report, many, 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 not just a handful, many, many reports of GOP watchers being escorted, ejected, from places where they were supposed to be observing the, the ongoing process with the, with, the, with the reasoning that they had violated COVID rules. They even got down to that point. Your nose itches, you reach around your mask and you scratch your nose. Yep, you're out of here. You're gone. He's out. All because of COVID.
They've been using it to their advantage. Well, this lawsuit, this Texas election lawsuit, 18 states are supporting it now. You're seeing more and more in the regular mainstream press, the deceptive lying press, seeing more and more stories, negative stories about this lawsuit. And let me just go ahead and assure you, you're being told a lot of lies about this lawsuit. A lot. And you need to know the facts. And I'm going to give you some of those facts in this, in this half of the podcast. I want you to hear some of the stuff. And, and I will also provide show notes. And trust me, there's more than I'm going to get to today. And I'm just going to dump it all today. You're going to get everything. The stuff I do cover and the stuff I don't. Because there's valuable information. And you'll need to get those show notes. So make sure you go to dailyperspectivepodcast.com. I don't always remember to post the link on social media. After I get through recording and I edit and I upload, life begins happening. And sometimes posting that link doesn't happen just because stuff, stuff gets in the way. Life gets in the way. I forget about it until much later in the day. Sometimes I don't remember to at all. I'm just one person. I don't have a staff. But I always post the show notes to the website. They're always there. Dailyperspectivepodcast.com. It's a valuable resource. So go there today and get all these things. President Donald Trump has asked Senator Ted Cruz to argue Texas's election lawsuit in front of the United States Supreme Court if the nation's highest court decides to take the case up. The lawsuit, filed by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, seeks to invalidate the election results in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin because, as Paxton alleges, those states exploited the COVID-19 pandemic to justify ignoring federal and state election laws and unlawfully enacting last-minute changes, thus skewing the election, the results of the 2020 general election. See, this is what I was talking about as well, that they used COVID-19. They changed the rules. They did so illegally. Trump asked Cruz if he would be willing to make oral arguments in the case should it reach the Supreme Court, and Cruz agreed to do so. Before he joined the Senate in 2013, Ted Cruz argued before the Supreme Court nine times, representing Texas in most of those cases in his role as the state's Solicitor General. The news comes as more states now back Texas's lawsuit against Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. The states, the latest state to back the lawsuit was Arizona Wednesday night. That brings the total to 18. Actually, there may be more now. The other 17 were Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, West Virginia, and Missouri. That's actually most of the landmass of the United States of America. Go look at it. Trust in the integrity of our election process is sacrosanct, sacrosanct and binds our citizenry and the United States in this union together, Paxton said in a statement earlier in the week. He goes on to say Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin destroyed that trust and, comp- and compromised the security and integrity of the 2020 election. The states violated statutes enacted by their duly elected legislatures, therefore violating the Constitution. By ignoring both state and federal law, these states have not only tainted the integrity of their own citizens' votes, but of Texas and every other state that held lawful elections. Their failure to abide by the rule of law casts a dark shadow of doubt over the outcome of the entire election, 
We now ask that the Supreme Court step in to correct this egregious error, says Paxton. The lawsuit alleges that certain officials in the defendant states presented the pandemic as the justification for ignoring state laws regarding absentee and mail-in voting. The lawsuit says that the election results were less secure in these defendant states. Top U.S. election officials have disputed this claim, saying that last month's elections were the most secure in American history. By the way, that that top U.S. election official was fired because that's a lie. The lawsuit states this, quote, This case presents a question of law. Did the defendant states violate the elector's clause by taking non-legislative actions to change the election rules that would govern the appointment of presidential electors? These non-legislative changes to the defendant state's election laws facilitated the casting and counting of ballots in violation of state law, which in turn violated the Elector's Clause of Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the U.S. Constitution. By these unlawful acts, the defendant states have not only tainted the integrity of their own citizens' vote, but their actions have also debased the votes of citizens in plaintiff state and other states that remained loyal to the Constitution. President Trump tweeted he would be intervening in Texas election lawsuit. It's unclear if the we that Trump was referring to in that uh, text was referring to his campaign's legal team or his presidential administration. He said, we will be intervening in the Texas, uh, plus many other states, case. This is the big one. Our country needs a victory. He's right. This is the big one. Six more states have asked the Supreme Court, to join the Texas election lawsuit. We'll uh, tell you about who those are. Plus, four major points about the lawsuit coming up after the break. The lawsuit's extremely important. Because what's happened in these four states is that people besides the state legislatures who are the only people allowed to make changes people besides them have made changes to the voting laws they used COVID as an excuse and in doing so they made changes that broke the law and invalidated millions of votes it was an act of crime and it should be addressed as such. Come on. Dropping in to the final segment for Friday, December 11th, 2020. Hey, have a good weekend if I don't get a chance to tell you. Please have a great weekend, okay? Because you need one. You need to unplug. You need to go away. Sit in some quiet for a while. Deal with life. Let God talk to you. It's all about being honest with you. You being honest with you. Do it. It'll change you. For the better. The states of Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Utah yesterday asked the Supreme Court to let them intervene in an election lawsuit filed earlier in the week by the state of Texas. 
In a brief motion to intervene filed yesterday, the six states outlined the reasons they should be allowed to join the suit, arguing that their motion was timely and that they have an interest in the transaction in question, that their interest may be harmed by the disposition of the action and that they are not adequately represented in the action. The motion states, in part, the intervening states do not doubt that the plaintiff state of Texas will vigorously and effectively litigate this case, but the attorney general of each individual state is best suited to represent the interests of that state and its people. So these other, let's see, they're part of the group. The, they, these, these six states are actually are part of the group of 18 that filed amicus briefs in support of Texas the day before. Six other Republican attorneys general from Alaska, Idaho, Kentucky, New Hampshire, Ohio, and Wyoming have not filed briefs in support of Texas or motions to join the case. The offices of these attorneys general haven't responded to requests for comment yet. It's important that, this, that this, uh, this case be heard and that the states objecting be heard because these four states have violated the Constitution and have disenfranchised the majority of voters in America by cheating them, much as they tried to do in 2016. Let me one more time encourage you to go to my Facebook page, the uh, Daily Perspective Podcast Facebook page, and read the post I've pinned to the top of the page about how we got where we are right now. Mike Huckabee has written an article. A, a, Huckabee's a great guy. I've had a couple of opportunities to meet him and uh, spend some time around him, and he's a good man. Over at the Federalist Papers, actually originally it was over uh, someplace else, but the Federalist Papers have uh, published this article. It says all 50 states have now certified their votes, but the electors have not have yet to meet. As of this writing, Arizona has become the 18th state to join Texas lawsuit against Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, seeking to delay the selection of their state sele- uh, slates of electors. If you look at the states that have joined the lawsuit blocked out on a map, it looks like about half the land mass of the U.S. I would hope that would make the Supreme Court reluctant to simply turn them down because it's obvious that the fury over the voting practices in basically four Democrat-run cities is rising. And we've already learned it's not going away just because the people are told, you're wrong, shut up. If you do a Google search for the Texas lawsuit, you get back a lot of sneering articles from liberal media outlets, dismissing it as a Hail Mary pass or a doomed stunt. But I assume that my readers would rather get factual information than overheated opinions masquerading as news. So I'm referring you to this an excellent an analysis for the Federalist by Margot Cleveland, who spent 25 years as a law clerk to a federal appellate court judge. She explains clearly what the lawsuit says, what the basis of it is, including quotes from the case precedents that make it obvious that this is something the court should address, and why Texas and the other states have standing to claim that they have been damaged by the actions of the states they're, they're suing. By the way, that link is in this article. So get the show notes, follow the link, and read the entire thing, okay? And despite what you're hearing from other media outlets, she's impressed by what an excellent job the Texas Attorney General's office did in writing this lawsuit. You should read the whole article. But here are just four of the major points you're probably not hearing from most media outlets. One, 
This case doesn't hinge on showing evidence of vote fraud, which could have been wiped or shredded by now. It's based on the defendant states letting officials unilaterally change voting laws that only the legislature has the power to change, which means the vote tallies, whether fraudulent or not, were derived through illegal and unconstitutional means. In this case, the argument doesn't depend on whether fraud can be proven beyond a doubt, but on the undeniable fact that laws that made fraud easier to commit were created unconstitutionally. Two, Texas is not asking that the election be handed to Trump. They are asking the court to order the states to give the duty of selecting electors to their legislatures because that's what is required under the Constitution when the vote is tainted by illegal and unconstitutional actions, which the lawsuit clearly describes. For instance, officials unilaterally changing ballot laws that can only be changed by the legislature or imposing different standards for accepting ballots in Democrat-run counties than in Republican counties. The legislatures are free to choose Trump or Biden electors, but at least then, the choice will be made legally. 3. Texas has standing to sue the other states over this because, just as the House represents individual citizens, the state represent, the Senate represents the states. The national election also picks a vice president who settles any tie votes. That means that any illegal actions that affect the results of this election also affect all states through control of the Senate. And four, as for the argument that the, the Supreme Court of the United States would be taking unprecedented action to interfere in a national election, the suit cites numerous quotes showing precedent for the plaintiff's arguments. It sounds as if the... Supreme Court of the United States might have a harder time simply dismissing this case than media people who haven't read it do. And those four points are just part of this entire thing. You really should grab the show notes, follow that link, and read it in its entirety. Yes. Yes, there's some dry legalese. Yes, it's tar <laughs> It's not easy to read, but... You need to read it so you know what's really going on instead of what's being told to you on social media and by the weirdos in the mainstream press who just want what they want and not what's right. You see, what's happened here is that we have, we have watched the Democrat Party and its, its cohorts attempt to steal an election from the American people. They have done so by executing massive fraud across this nation they've been using the fear of COVID-19 so that in the minds of the general public whatever they do is justified for the good and the safety of the people the problem with this is that <laughs> we're being told a lot of lies about COVID-19 and the reason we're being told all these lies about COVID-19 is, is because it plays to the advantage of the leftists. So when you follow this trail, you, you follow the breadcrumbs, so to speak. You look back at everything you've been told from... 14 days or 15 days to flatten the curve 
which we're nine months into now, to wearing masks, to hand sanitizing, to six feet of separation, to all of these things. Every last bit of it has been played up in part for the purpose of rigging an election. As I mentioned earlier, the stories about people observing the elections, watchers, GOP watchers being escorted away because they broke COVID rules, COVID regulations. Even when they really didn't do anything, they might have taken one step too close to something. Oh, you're breaking COVID regulations. We're going to escort you out. You can't, if you can't abide by the rules, you can't be in here. That sounds ridiculous, but that has actually happened. And not just once. It's happened many times in many states where Democrats run everything because they don't want people watching. In Georgia, which is the point of focus for a lot of people right now, Go back and look at the video that was released. You know, the, the security camera video, what you see in that is you see the screen split into four parts. One of those corners, one of those quadrants of the screen shows one part of the entire room. Well, each one, their, their cameras focused on different parts of the whole area. One of those corners is where the observers are they're restricted to being in that one little place. And that one little place is far enough away that they can't really see anything that's going on. But that's where they're allowed to be. They are allowed to be in the room because they're supposed to be in the room. But nothing says they have to be where they can see what's going on. And that kind of thing happened in all four of these states that are in question right now. We have it on videotape, the surveillance video in Georgia. We also have pictures and video from other states and other cities. You combine that with the COVID, you combine that with everything else that's going on and you can see a very clear pattern of manipulation by the left for the sake of winning an election and putting in office who they want, not who the people of America want. Because they're smarter and wiser and morally superior to you and they know better and that's it for the day for the day and for the week god bless you have a great weekend we'll see you for the next episode <laughs> bye-bye we'll knock off now and take the next two days off how's that